0: And welcome, everybody, to episode 49 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. We had a bit of technical difficulties last night with recording some audio, so normally I would introduce Keegan. We give our life updates, et cetera, talk nonsense about Brendan Fraser and uh, Joey Chestnut, but we're not going to be able to do that. Most of that was cut off, so we're going to be jumping you right into the beginning of the episode, post all of our audio issues. On today's episode, we're going to be covering all things tight ends in 2022. As you all know, it's an incredibly unserious position. We're going to talk Travis Kelsey. Of course, we're going to talk about the Prince who was promised Kyle Pitts. And um, even though it was pretty bad in 2022, we're, we're holding out hope in 2023. So thank you again for listening, and we'll jump you in right in the episode. Before diving into all things tight end, this episode is brought to you by us. Progression to the mean. Please go ahead and give us a follow if you haven't yet on Twitter at RTM Fantasy, TikTok, the same handle, and Instagram as well. We're going to be dropping threads, videos, all things NFL draft, NFL free agency, and getting you geared for another busy season of drafts this summer. Also, if you haven't yet, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify. If you haven't given us a review yet, go ahead, press pause, drop a review, leave a rating. It would mean the world to us. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do so as well. We're going to be much more on YouTube with video over uh, over the coming weeks. And yeah, if you haven't noticed yet, we're on video again. Uh, it's been a quick hiatus. Keegan's at his normal place. I'm in a moody uh, cellar somewhere deep un- underground yeah, coffee here. shop yeah, vibes there. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm totally here in this room. Um, that i'm here this is not a green screen okay keegan wow that was a sneeze wow that was i'm locked in oh my i thought you broke your neck on that one partner oh my goodness (laughs) had to get it all out (laughs) okay keegan before we dive in before we break down uh, adp versus actual performances and by the way we're not going to go through 24 tight ends here Uh, We respect you as individuals. If you would like that, (laughs) We respect your time. Yes, we we really do. We're here to go through a lot of the awards and just have a good time with it. Talk about the uh, ups and downs of the tight end position. Before diving into our awards, Keegan, 30,000-foot view, how did tight ends shake out in 2022? It
1: was awful. You either get Travis Kelsey in the early rounds or maybe George Kittle, and that's about it. Everybody else who made an impact was somebody you probably didn't draft until like the last four rounds. Everybody in the middle sucked. Um, And, yeah, this position is awful. Honestly, if you don't get Kelsey, just skip drafting a tight end and just draft every potential player you want on your roster. And then before week one, go to the waivers and just pick somebody up who has a good matchup. That's my 30,000-foot view.
0: See, I'm with you a little bit there, but playing tight end roulette is so tragic. I know. But that's I why like I said
1: if you don't, if you don't get Kelsey or maybe somebody like the top three, I don't know. It's tough.
0: Look, if you drafted George Kittle last year, uh again, you didn't end up in the fantasy playoffs. I'd be pretty surprised. If you somehow squeaked into the playoffs with Kittle, you probably won because that's how big of an advantage he was in the down the stretch. But you took Kittle in the fifth round, you took Waller in the fifth round, you took Andrews in the end of the second round. Uh, These guys didn't cash at their ADP, and you did it because you thought you would have some sort of a positional edge, and you thought that at least you didn't have to play tight end carousel. Well, for Kittle, you had to do it for three games. Waller, you had to do it for the whole goddamn season, and you had to do it for like half the year for Mark Andrews. So not only was the tight end position an absolute clusterfuck like it normally is, only one guy stood out that was worth anything, and that was Travis Kelsey. Yep. All the other top picks either got injured or took a while to get going. Looking at you, George Kittle. Everyone else was the definition of mid. And if you got lucky and you just got to start Gerald Everett all year, and you picked him in like the thirteenth round, but that's awesome. But for every Gerald Everett you had, uh, you had a Greg Dulcich or who, an who scored Smith ten or points. Something. Oh, God. Or you just said someone who wasn't consistent, right? They were super touchdown dependent when you entered the tight end roulette. And the whole point of drafting these studs was that you didn't have to play tight end roulette. Well, you pretty much had to do it all year unless you drafted TJ Hawkinson and Travis Kelsey. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about it, this position was super banged up. Goddard got hurt. Ertz got hurt. And Joku was out for a bit. George Kittle was hurt. Mark Andrews is banged up. Not only was this just a position where they're not the focal point of their offenses, they're just hurt, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I legitimately think this might be more of an unserious position than kicker. It's close. It's just, it, it's
1: the way that it's structured in most leagues, right? Like, where it's, it's, like, you have a specific tight end position. I think as long as you move away, like, in your league just goes into a, like, tight end, running back, wide receiver flex position, it makes it a lot better. But because we play in leagues where we have, like, you have to start a tight end, we have grown to hate the position, and it's become an awful problem. You have somebody like a Brandon Ayuk on your bench that you can't play because you have to play a tight end instead, and you only have a flex player available, and it's, like, just points wasting away because you have to start somebody like Mike Gasecki <laughs> in week four.
0: i I've got a stat for you Mike Yusecki. Mike Yusecki is a good call-out. Oh, my goodness. Just, again, unserious. Jason Myers, who finishes the year as kicker four, right? Kicker four. I never thought I'd say that sentence. Uh, kicker four. He finished the season with 9.4 fantasy points per game. On a per-game basis, he outscored the likes of Gerald Everett, Taysom Hill, Dawson Knox, and Cole Komet. All four of those guys, you would have played in the fantasy playoffs. I shit you not. He scored the same amount of points per game as Darren Waller. Sucks. Darren Waller was a fifth-round draft pick. He scored the same amount of points per game as Darren Waller.
1: That's the tight end position in a nutshell right there, especially this year. I don't know if it was just – I have my blinders on because I have recency bias, but it felt atrocious
0: this year. Oh no, it, it felt especially atrocious. And I've got a fun game for you. Okay. How many kickers on a per game basis outscored Kyle Pitts? Fifteen. Eighteen. <laughs> I thought I was Kyle just, Pitts, I thought I was bullshitting there. Kyle Pitts would have been the kicker nineteen on a points per game basis. Kyle Pitts was like a third-round draft pick. You took him 32nd overall.
1: Man. Sucks.
0: What a clusterfuck. If you look at 2021, it was at least more evenly distributed. You had Andrews scoring 17.8 per game, Kelsey scoring 16.6, Kittle scoring 14.8. Gronkowski scoring 13.7. He had four guys that were pretty solid, Mm. right? In 2022, Travis Kelsey averaged 19.2 fantasy points per game. The tight end four on a points-per-game basis was Mark Andrews, who scored 12.7 points per game. Dallas Goddard was tight end five, averaging 11.9 per game. If you added Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard, it still wouldn't have got you to Travis Kelsey's points per game.
1: He was a huge advantage all year. If you drafted Travis Kelsey, it's set and forget, and you win that matchup advantage. And as you grow into your fantasy experience, I think stuff like that becomes a lot more important on a week-to-week basis. Like, where can I best somebody in matchup advantage? Everybody knows the same waivers. Fantasy football content is out there. Like You need to go into your drafts with a strategy and, like, stack positional advantages, especially if you're in a league that has to play a tight end position.
0: With that being said, so, again, that stat illustrates how dominant Kelsey was. That stat also illustrates how sad Kyle Pitts' season was, and I think the two of them kind of encapsulate what it was to be tight ends in 2022. I think they're like the perfect sides of the spectrum. With that being said, you're on the clock. It is the first round. You have a top five pick. Where does Travis Kelsey go in that top five?
1: If he is going, five.
0: Just five? Yeah. Who would you take over Travis Kelsey right now?
1: Justin Jefferson, for sure. Obviously. Uh probably Cooper Cup. Um, Let's see. I'm honestly taking somebody like Eckler or Christian McCaffrey over both of those guys. Um, You could say Josh Jacobs over those guys. Um, Tyreek. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of names. I'm not into the... I'm not prescribing to the notion that as good as Travis Kelsey is and how much of a positional advantage he is, that I would still spend a top five or maybe even a top 10 pick. I think where I look at Travis Kelsey oh. as a positional advantage pick and like a maybe potential play is like, sure, I'll take him at 11 or 12 and maybe even 10, like the last half of a first round. And then you have a quick wrap and you can get somebody else. But if I can only pick Travis Kelsey at five and have to wait until my turn again, I'm not taking that risk and trying to stack my roster like that. That's just not how I'll, I'll
0: want to build my fantasy roster. Underdog ADP Travis Kelsey is going fourth overall right now. That's fine. That—that That is the price of Travis Kelsey. I think there are only four guys in fantasy football that I would rather have over Travis Kelsey. Those four being Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler. No particular order. Those are the only four guys that I'd rather have right now than Travis Kelsey. You have the certainty of Patrick Mahomes, you have the positional advantage, you have the positional scarcity, and if this is continuing to be a part of fantasy lineups and it being in the tight end position, Travis Kelsey is going to be someone that's going to skyrocket up draft boards. He doesn't really get hit either. He looks like he's getting better with age. I'm not even that worried about how old he is. This guy's set it and forget it, 17 to 20 points per game. I just, that's it. Those are the only four guys I'd want over Travis Kelsey.
1: I hear where you're coming from, but... It would be tough to pass up on, like, one of the top wide receiver or running back talents. Even if I do want a positional advantage, I just feel like there's, for me, a better way to build my roster rather than being Travis as my cornerstone.
0: but, But, again, remember, most people had Travis Kelsey made deep playoff runs, if not won their titles. He was the single biggest cheat code in fantasy football. I understand your argument and where you're coming from. But I think the idea of Travis Kelsey isn't that you're comparing him to the people around you. It's that you're comparing him to the other tight ends that he plays against. If he has a six to seven point per advantage against the second best tight end, you're walking in with like a six point for per game average lead in that position. If you pair that with, say, like you in the second round, you drafted A.J. Brown, right, on the wraparound this past season, right? Or you drafted Tyreek Hill their marginal difference between Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs was like two points per game. So you're giving up two points there, but on average gaining six to nine points against the tight end. Yeah, It's a major, I mean, major positional advantage.
1: I hear that. I hear that. But, I mean, we're also looking at it like hindsight view. Like Travis Kelsey's value is now going to be higher because people get sharper and they want to take advantage of this. But, like, last year that wasn't the case. And, like, Tyree Kill isn't going to be in the second round at like where he got him last year um saquon barkley's not going to be there at that position that he fell to last year i think you're probably looking at like i don't know Uh, i'm trying to think of a good example here like for a running back in the second round you're probably looking more at like a nick chubb and joe mixon and then there's a massive point drop off from those guys like if you're drafting like joe mixon next that's in the middle of the second round you're getting a huge drop off from the rest of the guys and it's it's the same Second with the wide round, receivers too you know like yeah,
0: but you're in a you're in a situation where you could take travis kelsey and then you could take kenneth walker or you could take travis Etienne. like those are the new classes of running back that's going to be in that position like we're we're done with these boomer running backs like we're, we're moving on to the new guys
1: i know but it's like okay you kind of expect travis Etienne and um kenneth walker to make a jump right it's like all right well to put him in the elite conversation that would make him impactful like the other guys, like he needs to add an extra hundred fantasy points a year to his season, you know? Kenneth Walker needs to add a hundred and ten points to his total season output to like really bump up. I mean, it's a lot of points, it's a lot of production. I hear what you're saying, but it is really hard for me to build a roster around a tight end. Even if he's the best and he's better than the rest of them, it's it's difficult for me to want to put myself in a position where I'm like trying to make up ground on impact running backs and wide receivers. That's my take on
0: it. But, but, but you put yourself in positions all the time to make up ground on running back. You you just don't want to not take a receiver here.
1: It's like, yeah, why would I take Travis over? You know, any one of the Because he is top. a receiver. Of course, of course. But like, why would I take Travis over Cooper Cup or Tyreek or? maybe Diggs is about the same. I think Diggs is probably where you start looking at it. And you're like, mm. but like Jamar chase full healthy season. I don't think I'd take Kelsey no. over chase, you know, AJ Brown. I'm not going to take Kelsey over AJ Brown. Oh, if Kelsey I'm over the first AJ round, Brown,
0: come on. Come on. he Kelsey was way better than A.J. Brown and more consistent. He's done it for like four or five years. He only AJ averages Brown a point, points,
1: He averages about like 1.6 points per game more than A.J. Brown does on a per-game basis and only added like 15 to 20 points of fantasy production in that full year. And it's his first year on that team, so – I don't know. I think that was can... the best
0: season of A.J. Brown's career.
1: I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I think yeah. it's like picking tooth and nail. It's kind of more about preference how you want to build a roster. I just don't think it's
0: smart to build around a tight end, no matter how good he is. Interesting. A lot of people won their leagues just drafting Kelsey and um, Mahomes. That was the the big uh, connection. If, if you had an elite quarterback with Kelsey, you basically had, like, 10 to 15-point advantage going into each week. But but I digress keegan disagrees he's not taking a tight end regardless if it's probably the greatest receiving tight end of all time in the first round not in the top for five me, i think they're only there are only four players i'd rather have in fantasy than travis kelsey and redraft those four christian mccaffrey austin eckler justin jefferson and jamar chase no particular order those are the only four but outside of travis kelsey there's really nothing else to to talk about for for tight ends i Here's how everything shook out in terms of ADP, Keegan. Um, No surprises here. Travis Kelsey was the first tight end off the board. A tight end, two, Mark Andrews. Tight end, three, Kyle Pitts. Tight end, four, George Kittle. Tight end, five, Darren Waller. Tight end, six, Dalton Schultz. Taking a look at those six, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy to think those were the top six tight ends taken after we know everything shook out. Um, on the back end here, tight end 7 through 12, we had Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox, Pat Friermuth, Cole Komet. Hearing those top 12 names, Keegan, how, do, how does that make you feel? What, what kind of stands out before we reveal kind of what the top 12 was on a point per game basis?
1: I mean, what a list of guys, right? Just some names in here, like, Pitts, huge bummer. Darren Waller, bummer. Dalton Schultz going as the sixth tight end was really shocking me when I looked back at these stats. Not that he had a bad year. Finishes his tight end one in total points on the season, but just like a random name to have in the top 12 drafted. Dawson Knox here is comical. Um, I feel like Cole Komet's in this position because like he was kind of like a draft darling, like late, late sleeper tight end that everybody was hitting on. But, I mean – very few of these guys were, like, a massive impact to your team. A lot of them did finish eventually as a tight end one on the year, but underwhelming list of guys.
0: Pretty underwhelming. I think we saw a couple younger guys emerge. Like, oh, Pat Fryermuth was awesome, and then you realize he scored 10 points per game. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, Dawson Knox was a disappointment. Colt Komet shined at the end of the year. Yeah, Dalton Schultz, he played pretty well when he was healthy, especially towards the back end of the season. But, I mean, if you didn't get Kittle, Kelsey, or Hawkinson, Goddard was fine too, but, oh, jeez, it, it was brutal. Uh, and here's how everything shook out for tight ends on a point-per-game basis. So, at one, we had Travis Kelsey with 19.2 fantasy points per game. At number two, TJ Hawkinson with 13.3, mm. almost a full- Touchdown advantage for Kelsey over Hawkinson. George Kittle finishes his tight end three with 13 points per game. Mark Andrews, tight end four at 12.7. Dallas Goddard, tight end five. Zach Ertz, tight end six. Rest easy. Not rest easy, but get well soon. Yeah, I was like, dang, did um, he die? <laughs> yeah, no, get get well soon, our, our king, Zach Ertz. Evan Ingram finishes his tight end seven. Pat Fryermuth, tight end eight. Darren Waller, tight end nine. David and Joku, tight end ten. Dalton Schultz, tight end eleven. And Tyler Higby, at tight end twelve. Just missing the cut. Taysom Hill with nine point five fantasy points, finishing at tight end thirteen in a point per game basis. If you actually go by standard scoring, Keegan, standard scoring in terms of tight ends, Taysom Hill finishes as tight end two. Number in two. Standard scoring points per game. That's that ridiculous. is atrocious. So before going through some of our risers that you're going to share with us in terms of guys that weren't drafted in the top 12 and really shown throughout the season, just looking at this discrepancy, obviously injuries played a really big deal in Mark Andrews' season, Zach Ertz' season, Dalton Schultz' season, Dallas Goddard. Like Almost all of these guys got hurt. What kind of stands out when you see the top 12 um, production versus ADP?
1: I mean... Darren Waller's drop off, like what happened there between him, the team, giving up on the team. Like that's a surefire tight end talent who just like didn't live up to the draft capital that you really had to heavily invest in, which is a huge bummer. But it's like we said at the beginning, like draft one of the top guys. And if you don't, just wait. I mean, think about somebody like Evan Ingram, who's like waiver wire hero and finishes as, you know, basically the fifth tight end in scoring, and he's top ten in a points per game basis. That's somebody you can just kind of like find golden at the end of the season. Um, I thought there Who was came
0: on strong at the end of the season too. Can't yeah. he, he was a, an asset in fantasy playoffs.
1: really good. Like an asset in real football for the Jaguars really good. There's some really like funny, consistent guys. Like you name dropped this earlier, but Gerald Everett, like that's somebody I just rode all season and in, in a one league and was completely fine with like, get you almost 10 points a game, nothing crazy, but like kind of was fine. Um, but I don't know. There's it's really hard to like pick out from these guys. I'm like laughing at the fact that Irv Smith Jr. was somebody drafted as like one of the top twenty four tight ends and just like who is Irv Smith Jr. like after this year, right? It's a bummer. Um He's just made of glass. I mean, he's
0: always hurt, always. unfortunately.
1: Um and there's just like some interesting people who I do think are talented on this list that just like didn't show out. I mean, Mike Gasecki is like one who is like an actually talented pass catcher, but I just like think <laughs> yeah. he hates his yeah. team and his team hates him. Um, there's a lot of hype just guys, tight ends. We yeah. don't
0: use the, we, yeah. we talked about that all year. It was just Waddle and Tyreek. That was the offense. Like, sorry, man. Yeah. They, they take up like 60% of the targets.
1: And then there's that asshole, Taysom Hill, who pops up as like a top scoring tight end that only finishes the year with 76 receiving yards and yet somehow finishes with 551 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So yeah, that's super ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just a shit show of a list when you look at it, especially on a points per game basis. I think the drop off from Travis Kelsey down to somebody like Evan Ingram, who you were really happy to have on your team at the end of the year is insane. I mean, he's averaging nine extra points a game than Evan Ingram, who was a great fantasy tight end this year.
0: Even if you take it from like a stretch from week 12 to week 17, like, I guess guys outscored Kelsey on a per game basis. Kelsey kind of did fade down the stretch. T.J. Hawkinson was very solid once he got traded to the Vikings. Yeah, he was really, really good. Hawkinson was the clear tight end, too. Yeah, he was the clear tight end, too, with Kittle being the clear tight end, three. But for both of them to emerge, it took Hawkinson getting traded to the Vikings, and the Vikings basically replacing Adam Thielen with T.J. Hawkinson midseason. And two, it took the injury to Debo Samuel and the transition to Brock Purdy for George Kittle to catch 11 touchdowns. Like, that wasn't happening with Debo playing and with Jimmy for some reason. And then all of a sudden Purdy comes in and, and Kittle's like a force.
1: Got to go to your old reliable. I feel like young quarterbacks love like their sturdy tight ends who are just like always there. So, but yeah, like you said, tons of random things have to happen and or not happen for things to go right for these people. And honestly, huge bummer of a tight end like situation with Zach Ertz, you know, had he not got injured? I, he was on his way to being a top five tight end. He's like still right on the outside of it on per points per game basis, but he was having a really solid year in Arizona. Um, but he's a bit older now in age. I'm wondering if we'll see some Trey McBride action a little bit next year. Like that'll be a tight end that I think people will probably be on that lookout for, like trying to spot a young guy that might emerge. That's a good situation there for him. But yeah, the rest of this list is like, you know, David Njoku's cool for a couple weeks at a time, but.
0: He- he, he was pretty good. And I think what's interesting is we're, like, bemoaning this position. We're really shitting on the position, yeah. like, quite frankly, like taking a big, giant, steaming shit all over it. But the NFL draft is loaded with some really talented tight end prospects that a lot of people are talking, talking about. Three tight ends have a first-round grade. We had some promising rookies pop up last year. And remember, usually tight ends get way better from year two to year three. So we could be in a position where the old guys are out, the new guys are in, and we have more of a middle class of tight end. So we might have a tight end renaissance, but this season is, is, is a low point. It, it was substantially better the year before with Kelsey, Kittle, and, and Andrews all being solid. This season is just sorry. Just a sorry season, man. I, that is so sad that Kelsey finishes a touchdown ahead of TJ Hawkinson. It is crazy. It's brutal. And we haven't even spoken about Kyle Pitts. We haven't even said his name. We haven't even said his name. Kyle Pitts was a top 35 selection. It's not his fault, you know? I don't think it's his <laughs> fault. It's, I just can't. All right, well, right. We're saving it. All right. We're saving it for the for the awards. Are you... Are you ready to give out some words or you want to talk about a couple honorable mentions that we had here? I think um, you, we had. The
1: only thing I'll say is like about the tight end position in fantasy. It's like, look, tight end roulette might suck, but like you can get Tyler Gronklin for a couple weeks at a time and oh, have a little stop fun. Stop it. You can, and you can look for, oh, you know, stop. like someone like Cameron Brake goes down and then Kate Otten becomes playable, like as a young kid. Um, you got to watch for emerging people, Jawan John Johnson to the world. And then there's like, Chigo Kongfu, who is like obviously a very talented pass catcher and he's amazing with the ball. He's kind of like a just thicker, heavier set wide receiver playing the tight end position, but he doesn't run block and he's on like a running, a run heavy team. So it's like there's talent at the tight end position. I don't want to be too mean to it. Like there's a lot of guys on this list that I do believe are talented, but it's just like how impactful can tight end and fantasy really be outside of Travis Kelsey at this point?
0: Who knows? All right, Keegan, you ready to give out some awards? Let's do it. Okay, we invited a studio audience. They declined. They they declined to show up for tight ends. It's a position to people. Okay, so no, no studio audience. But we might just like a Lumen Field with the Seattle Seahawks. We might pipe in some noise <laughs> uh, to give to convince people that our fans are actually uh, making noise. Sa- same with SoFi Stadium. They like to do that too because they are not. I didn't a real nfl franchise with real fans okay i can't seem to find our studio audience where
1: <laughs> i'm not seeing them out there
0: oh there oh oh here we go here they are okay let's get a drum roll everybody let's get it it's now loading there we go All right, Keegan, it is time to give out awards for part four of the inaugural, don't you dare forget, inaugural RTM end of season fantasy awards. Wow, no wonder anyone will sponsor it. That is a mouthful. Okay, Keegan, starting things off, who is your MVP at tight end? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Okay, I think I think we can move on to Travis Kelsey, one. yeah. <laughs> this is just a Kelsey episode. Okay, Keegan, who is... The tight end that we'd let date our hypothetical daughter. Who do you have?
1: Um, I don't really know. Tight ends are all kind of seem like dirtbags. Like I have George Kittle down, (laughs) but he he also looks (laughs) disgusting. So I don't know. Maybe like uh Dalton
0: Schultz? Yeah. Maybe uh, Schultzy?
1: No, I don't know. I to be honest, I'm thinking like a K Dawn, just like unassuming like young guy, you know. Stop it. Seems, seems like a nice lad i don't
0: know stop it stop it stop making kate otten a thing kate I'm, otten I'm is begging. a thing
1: kate otten is a thing
0: i mean the level of dirtbaggery like tyler higby dirtbag kittle loves like i think he just wants to be a dirtbag which is hilarious well like everyone's got mullets and crazy haircuts didn't njoku like have a mullet too i'm gonna say the George Kittle is the tight end go Niners, baby yeah, you, that you, face mask catch. Come on. You man. definitely can't
1: have Travis Kelsey in here. He looks like the type of dude to ask her to pick up the bill.
0: No, it's the, I, <laughs> she'd probably want to pay for Kelsey. I, I mean, Kelsey's too in demand here. This is, this is out of control. Uh, but Kittle seems like a great dude. Um, he's got his sponsorship with Zenny, which is like a four, fourth tier, uh, glasses company. Good for Kittle. He's got some extra streams of, uh, revenue, uh, <laughs> I know that I'd be excited to watch some WWE with uh, George Kittle because that's how he gets down. But George Kittle and uh, Kate Otten, uh, <laughs> congratulations! You are the players that we let down our hypothetical daughters. Nice. Uh, and also, um, clap it out for Travis Kelsey. Uh, yes, Keegan and I actually now for the next thirty minutes are going to fight more about uh, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey in yeah. the first round. Okay, Keegan. Who is the five dollar bona fide big box award for the best draft value?
1: TJ Hawkinson. Um Ooh. it's you know, I think after you get traded to Minnesota and kind of opened up his ability a bit, but I think even where you drafted him before, even if he finished the season on Detroit, it's still the best value like p- compared to performance and how they ended up on the season for tight end. The easy pick here is Kelsey, but I try to give the audience a different answer at least. But TJ Hawkinson had a pretty awesome
0: season for tight end compared to where he was drafted. So I have to go with that. Okay. So you are going with TJ Hawkinson. That makes sense. It was kind of a tale of two halves for Hawkinson. We'll get into it a little bit later. But kind of underused when he was a Detroit Lion. Kind of the odd man out. He had a massive, I think, like close to 40-point game against the Seahawks kind of disappears, gets traded to the Vikings, and all of a sudden is like a walking eight for 70 each week. Yeah. Well, very bankable production. You were drafting Hawkinson what?
1: He's the eighth tight end eighth ADP, tied so in. it's like, where does
0: that even fall on Seven, the board? Seventh and eight. I think people were taking Hawkinson like seventh, eighth round. Yeah, I think he definitely delivers on that considering yeah. that he was pretty damn consistent from week nine on when he got traded, so... TJ Hawkinson makes a ton of sense. Um, Even though he was the first tight end off the board, you got a discount on Travis Kelsey in 2021. was still awesome. Averaged 16 points per game, but was pretty down from over his previous two years. So there was concerns about no Tyreek. Maybe this offense taking a hit. uh, Maybe, you know, Travis Kelsey's another year older. Nope. Travis Kelsey was an absolute animal. I think that he could have easily been a top 10, top 8 pick. You were getting him at kind of the middle of the second round, end of the second round. Like, what an absolute steal in terms of draft value. Like you even said, he outscored somebody like Stefan Diggs. Yep. Like, that's pretty insane. So, I'm going with Travis Kelsey. He scored 300 fantasy points in 2022. A 300-point point scorer is typically going in the first Six to ten picks. You got him late second round. Travis Kelsey, even though he's tight end one, I think was the best value. He is the bona fide big box award for tight ends. So, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, come on down. (laughs) Come on down. Come on down. Going to be a lot of award winners. Two-time award winners. Okay. So, we're going to go through this quickly. Um... The whopper, whopper, whopper tight end award for the guy that no one will stop talking about. Who do you have winning that award? Kyle Pitts. Why is that, Keegan?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know if there's ever been a tight end talked about as much outside of Gronkowski as Kyle Pitts has been talked about. I mean, maybe... I don't even want to say anything. I mean, I'm going to talk about him for, like, the foreseeable future until he's not on my dynasty roster anymore. I've been talking about him for two years already nonstop. So I'm gearing up for year three.
0: (laughs) So we'll, we'll, we'll do a rewind here. Why was Kyle Pitts so talked about? Well, number one, he was the greatest tight end prospect of all time, according to several people that are experts at following the NFL draft. He was drafted number four overall, which I think is the highest draft capital ever for a tight end. He comes out and puts up over a thousand yards with noodle arm Matt Ryan. It wasn't perfect, but basically he's 20 to 21 years old playing in the NFL, learning how to play the position, and he has a pretty damn good season. Flash forward to year two, we we think he's just gonna get better. It's the year two leap. It's it's Kyle Pitts. He, he's he's gonna explode on the scene. Nonstop chatter about Kyle Pitts because you know why people draft Kyle Pitts? Because it's fun. It is fun. To have this cyborg wide receiver yeah, hybrid type on your team. He's a freak of an athlete. He's freak of an athlete. And he comes out here and would finish the year as the kicker number 19. Kicker number 19. So you have excitement, intrigue, high draft capital, and that leads to basically the whopper, 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 whopper equivalent of an NFL player. Nonstop mm-hmm. chatter about Kyle Pitts leading up to the draft. Non-stop chatter about Kyle Pitts not delivering on his ADP before his season was sadly ended straight
1: to the pit of despair as some might say
0: Kyle Pitts congratulations you are the whopper 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 tight end for the guy that people will no one will stop fucking talking about Kyle Pitts congratulations (laughs) you did it here okay Keegan the next award I have here is the somebody balk me award for the tight end that I will not be able to stop talking about <laughs> in tw- in 2023. Who do you have? Uh Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I
1: have Kyle Pitts for I this award. You.
0: I've 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 got Kyle Pitts too. <laughs> yep. I've got Kyle Pitts for this award.
1: No, I mean, like I said, I'm gearing up already. I'm looking at my dynasty roster. I'm I'm realizing that I'm gonna be a year three of Kyle Pitts as uh or real year three of Kyle Pitts ownership. And you know, I'm excited. You know, they're they're probably gonna have a a new quarterback, maybe it's Desmond Ritter that plays, but all I know is it won't be Marcus Mariota.
0: And they're gonna get him the goddamn ball. They have to. Here here's some numbers why I think I'm very excited about Kyle Pitts. Well, one outside of a clear and obvious quarterback upgrade, because Marcus Mariota had a legitimate dead arm. We joke about noodle arm all the time, noodle arm all the time, but Marcus Mariota legitimately had nerve damage in his throwing arm. They brought him in to run like a wishbone style offense where they just run the shit out of the ball because that's how they were set up to win. And it led to Kyle Pitts running in an offense with low passing volume with a quarterback that was highly inaccurate that he had no chemistry with. You pair that with the fact that he's a year two tight end, still young, and usually year three, year four is really where we see that leap. Ideally, we'd love to see it in year two. We saw it in year two with Kittle. We would have loved to see it with Pitts, but maybe that was just delayed because of the issues that he had with Marcus Mariota. If you look at the underlying statistics on Kyle Pitts, he had a 30, 34.1 air yards share, which was number one. So out of all the total accumulated air yards, so out of all the possible yards that could have been gained through passing the ball, he had a 34, one, 34% share of it, which was number one amongst all tight ends, which is really good. It means he had crazy good volume. If you take a look at his yards per target depth, which was 13, it means he was getting targeted down the field. Like this is crazy. Crazy numbers for a tight end. That was number one. He had a 26.6% target share, Keegan. That is absurd. That is number two on the season. His targets per route run was number three of all tight ends. And he had 2.07 yards per route run, which was number five. Man, he was getting peppered with targets. But the only problem was it was low volume and low efficiency. So even if those numbers go down, Keegan, hopefully the efficiency goes up. Hopefully the volume goes up. And we're talking about Kyle Pitts having his breakout season. That That's the hope here. And somebody mock me because I'm so in. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back in. You baby. guys can tell so as back.
1: Sean just went in on that rant. Yeah, we're definitely Kyle Pitts guys here. That's for sure. Okay. We,
0: we are so back. Okay, Kyle, come on down. Second award here. Second award, Kyle. Won't be the last, Kyle. Congratulations. Okay. The next award that I have here is the Kyle Pitts Award Presented by FTX for the biggest fraud slash bust. You're never going to guess who I have here, Keegan. Darren Waller. <laughs> I've got Darren Waller here. Um, <laughs> Darren Waller's issue wasn't the fact that he was having bad quarterback play. It wasn't the fact that he was a year two tight end struggling to make his mark. Darren Waller's issue was is He didn't really want to play football this year. That or he just had a terrible hamstring injury. But, a lot of people alluded to the fact there were people in the Vegas locker room who, who weren't here for the team. And we're like, you're starting to look here like, what? Like, they could come back from injury sooner. Like, well, okay, I think Hunter Renfro is like, pretty hurt. <laughs> What's up with Darren Waller and his his uh, his hamstring injury? Like, wh- what are they talking about here? So, I don't know. Waller did score three more points per game than Kyle Pitts on a per-game average. So, he probably was better when you had him in your lineup. He took him at less in like the fifth round. But Kyle was trying, all right? He, he was out there giving it his all. And yeah. even though the na- even though the award is named after him, rightfully so, I think I think Waller was pretty deserving of the biggest bust. So what do you think about that? Are you are you still leaning Kyle?
1: Yeah. I mean Darren Waller's season was I think he just gave up. I don't know what it was. Maybe he didn't like Derek Carr. I don't know if he like, liked him as a leader, but I feel like he just like, and obviously I don't want to speculate about his injury, but I feel like he truly just wasn't in the lineup because he was choosing not to be. I think that's a good pick for biggest bust. Um, I have Kyle Pitts, of course, as my <laughs> award winner for this. Just yeah. like the hype, the draft capital. the It, it stung me extra, you know? And, I, dude, I had him in like three different rosters. I traded for Kyle Pitts in a redraft this year. I wanted more of Kyle Pitts only you to did. get, only to get let down by it.
0: So it's the classic double down. It was, and we're not talking KFC. God. We've all been there. Yeah. So we've all been there. I, the,
1: now that the bit is over and everybody in wide receivers, quarterbacks, and running backs have received a Kyle Pitts Biggest Bust Award presented by FTX. I am proud to finally present this award to Kyle Pitts himself.
0: Well done, Kyle. Let's We're going to clap it out. Because <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, Kyle, at the end of the day, you let us down. You broke our hearts. You gave us hope, though. And you gave us so much content. And you will be back for another round, yep. Kyle. We, we appreciate you. We're rooting for you. We are in your corner the next award that I have here is the My Coach Hates Me and I Don't Know Why award. Um <laughs> who do you have winning the My Coach Hates Me and I Don't Know Why award?
1: Mike Geseckki. <laughs> they did not. Why like does this coach him? hate
0: him? I spelled, why why no. does everybody hate what
1: I feel like he's hated by a lot of people. He feels like a polarizing tight end. But when he has good games and he has the opportunity to catch the ball, I'm like, yeah, this guy's a pretty good tight end. Like he passes my eye test, you know? I'm like. Athletic. And then I'm like, what's his deal? I don't really know. I can't explain it. It feels like there's like a disdain for Mike Kosecki in Miami. They don't scheme him up. They didn't really need to this year with Waddle and Hill, but just been a story of inconsistencies for him. I just feel like he needs a new environment.
0: Well, he's not really a tight end, right? He's more like a lead or like a thicker
1: wide receiver for sure. But, and he's not a very good run blocker. So I could see why maybe they don't
0: like him. But he's a really good athlete. He's good. he got good hands. He, you just think that he'd get involved more. But yeah, he doesn't really seem like someone who break for a long touchdown. But he, he seems like a guy you'd want to get the ball in the red zone. Remember that, yeah. that high point touchdown, the two of throw, and his massive. That's what I'm saying. Like, game he's the, the he's definitely a good
1: red zone target. Like, I, I don't know. What do I know? That's why I don't he, coach.
0: He, that's why you don't, yeah. that, that yeah. is the reason. Because you don't understand yeah. Gusecki's impact. That's why you're not coaching. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy that I have for the, my coach hates me and I don't know why award, is Albert O. Because at the end of the season, he was asked what happened last year. And he's like, I really couldn't tell you why. I could not tell you why Nathaniel Hackett hated Albert O. Couldn't tell you, man. And, uh, I, I remember they brought in that interim head coach uh, at the end of the year, and they're like, "I don't know why this Alberto guy why he wasn't playing. <laughs> like it, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. It is pretty good. If you look at his Alberto had like two really nice games after uh after Nat Hackett was kicked to the curb. So I don't. I don't know what 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 was that about, but he was a whopper whopper contender because nonstop fucking yeah. Chatter oh my god, he, he was oh up
1: there god. as like one of the most like talked about tight ends for like this is a guy you should be prioritizing sleeper pick and emerging tight end blah blah. And then just Nathaniel Hackett came in and Russell Wilson came in and screwed that all up. So
0: I don't know what happened there. I, I really don't. Um, but Alberto and uh, Mike Geseki. Congratulations on winning the, my coach hates me and I don't know why. Nice. Okay. Well well done. Well done, gentlemen. Our, Our next award here, very prestigious award. It gets given out every single year. Whoever wins it is very well respected. It is the, I am not a tight end, but fantasy apps continue to insist that I am one award. Who who do you have as the? I'm not a tight end, but fantasy apps can continuously insist that I am one. Award. Who do you have winning that one, Keith?
1: That one's gonna go to Taysom Hill. He should not be allowed to be on fantasy roster. I I, like. I have a stand that I would like to make here, and like a take. Taysom Hill should not be fantasy eligible football player.
0: I I stand chaos. (laughs) Uh, It's pure chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Taysom is an agent of chaos. I started Taysom Hill in a fantasy championship. It was fucking awesome. It was great. Fuck that, dude. I don't want... I just don't even want it to be an option. I don't want it to tempt people. Okay. I know you're a thrill seeker. Would you rather huff some glue or start Taysom Hill in fantasy? Is it Elmer's? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. People that sniff paint love Taysom Hill in their starting lineups. That's uh, that's definitely a thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just don't want any part of it.
0: I, I don't either. Um, oh, we had a sponsor for this award brought to you by BYU. So uh, Brought to you by Sean Payton as well. Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton paid a ton uh, to get this award in place. And Taysom Hill, future Bronco, congratulations <laughs> yeah, for exactly. winning the – I'm not a tight end, but Fantasy Apps continuously insist that I am one award. Congratulations, Jason. was his fifth year winning that one. He is uh, a seasoned vet at taking that home. The next award that I have here, Keegan, is the, for the last time, the, oh, (laughs) Jim, this is going to be huge, Jim, award for the best performance that makes you Feel like you are equally shitting your pants and cum- orgasming at the same time. Keegan, who do you have winning that uh, that award? Uh, that one.
1: That, the real-life Viking himself, TJ Hawkinson. Week 16, 13 receptions on 16 targets, 109 yards, and two touchdowns in the semifinals of the fantasy playoffs. Just paying huge dividends to all TJ Hawkinson owners out there and delivers at, what are they, like thirty? Six-point
0: game in PPR against the Giants.
1: Yeah. I mean, good for Hawk. Also, just like a, a huge – I mean, he was tied in one on the week. It's semifinals. Your fantasy playoffs, like he absolutely crushed just about anybody in the tight end position you could have played against. It's Just a perfect time for a great game from TJ Hawkinson.
0: Dude, that wasn't even his best – point per game he had a, his, he had a 39 yeah his best game was against seattle
1: in week four
0: yeah when he was still a lion um my award for uh best tight end performance isn't actually even kelsey's highest performing output which was a 35 point bomb against the chargers i'm going for that four touchdown masterpiece that he had against the raiders in that huge comeback win for the chiefs uh, kelsey had seven catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns that is just Just the most absurd. Travis Kelsey achieved stat line. That is the definition of, oh, Jim. This is going to be huge, Jim. Wow, that's the last time I have ripped my Tony Romo for a while. Congratulations, Kelsey. I think it's your fifth award. Hawkinson, I think that's your third award as well. Yeah,
1: I'm sensing a trend. <laughs>
0: um, yes. The next award here that I have is, is the Sarah McLaughlin, I still can't get this one out, the Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an Angel Award for the tight end who got hurt too early in the season. I have Zach Ertz for this one.
1: I also have Zach Ertz. Honestly, he was having a great season again. He finished the season really strong with the Cardinals in 2021 and 2022. He was definitely somebody I was interested in having in my roster, and he was really good. He was like a great week-to-week wide receiver, and that injury really sucked. You know, because that knocks off one of the few consistent guys at tight end that you can count on, kind of like weekly, and that was a bummer.
0: Dude, he was really good. He'd get like six targets a game. No, oh, yeah, he he really involved in their twelve offense. points.
1: Yeah, almost twelve points a game in fantasy. I mean,
0: you didn't have to play the carousel. You got him in the tenth round. It was like literally. It was he was doing what Dallas Goddard was doing, right? Like, yeah, no, they're like with, with, almost yeah.
1: comparable players.
0: But, again, Goddard way better, right? Like, way more athletic. Where Ertz Yeah, that's the problem with Ertz now is
1: because – and I think it's really important that he gets this award too because we could be seeing the last of Zach Ertz' days pretty soon here, and he's kind of been like wow. a focal point of the tight end position for a lot of our football-watching careers. And wow. I think after that injury – and, like, he's really slowed down. He's not yards after the catch guy no. anymore. He's like catch, no, get no tackled. No Zach. Yeah, no, no yak, yak, Zach. Zach. So – I mean, just kind of an ode to the end of his season. and Wow. I mean, he's got a young, good rookie behind him, emerging, ready to take his job. Dallas Goddard was a very similar position in the Eagles. That's why they're comfortable getting rid of him because the next man up was exactly who they
0: needed. Yeah, he gets, he gets hurt week 11. Before that, he had a string of games where his worst performance was like six points. Yeah, Zach, in the arms of an angel. Get well, sir. I love that Keegan said, shout out Zach. This is like a, a career achievement award for Zach. <laughs> yeah. but Sarah McLaughlin Arms of the Angel. <laughs> That's uh Keegan's uh,
1: <laughs> Just making sure, you know, we understand
0: the It's on the his gravity pro it's this. on his pro football reference uh, yeah. page. I'm not gonna clap it out for Zach. Get get well, Zach. I hopefully uh, we get to see you play a little bit more football before it's all said and done. Okay, Keegan, this is the always was award for the tight end. It's just always been good. And you just figured out he was this year. The one I am going with is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is a mini George Kittle and no one's talking about it. This guy's awesome. I don't know if you know if he's the blocker that George Kittle is, but in terms of like yak over the middle, break a tackle, score a touchdown, Dallas Goddard is really legit. If you look at his like yards per route run, which is a really good statistic that shows how many yards you got with how many routes you ran, George Kittle has 1.8, which is fourth for tight ends. Dallas Goddard, 1.79. That's, that's pretty damn good, dude. If you look at overall yak numbers, George Kittle, 444. Dallas Goddard, 484. Really good numbers for Goddard. I think he's kind of coming into his own as one of the best tight ends in the league. And I always knew he was good, but you know, no hurts. really dynamic offense. He really got to shine. So Dallas Goddard is my always was award winner for the tight end. It's always been this good.
1: Yeah. I put Dallas Goddard as well too. There was flashes of him when him and Ertz were on the team together and I kind of hinted at this when I was talking about Ertz but they were comfortable letting Ertz go to a different (laughs) team because they knew Dallas Goddard had always kind of been good but now we get to see it on full display so I think now everybody's kind of coming to it. Another person for this award um, DJ Hawkinson you know always always kind of has been good and talented just like didn't love the situation for him in Detroit, but I think Dallas Goddard's my award winner for this.
0: Another guy is like George Kittle, who's so good. He's been so good for so long. But, like, George Kittle gets plenty of national airtime. So I think, I think we're good. Dallas Goddard, congratulations. <laughs> there always was an award. That probably would have been better for Zach Ertz, honestly. Um, but in terms of lifetime achievement uh, than the Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel award. Our next award here that we have is the New Phone Who Dis Award for the best performance on a new team. I've got T.J. Hawkinson. We've already stated it. T.J. Hawkinson was averaging close to like 10, 11 points per game when he was on the Lions. Goes to the Vikings, averages like 14 points a game. Now he's legitimately like tied into. So shout out T.J. Hawkinson, the winner of the New Phone Who Dis Award. Who do you got, Keith? I've
1: got Evan Ingram a guy who was highly touted coming out of college as one of those freak tight end prospects, like almost prior to Kyle Pitts having that same athletic profile and just died. His career died for a little bit. And it got resurrected by Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. I mean, his late season emergence was honestly insane. And he was huge for you in the playoffs, in the fantasy playoffs. He was huge down the stretch. He was a great Waiver wire pickup for a lot of people. Fifth best tight end and points scored, and up there in the top ten in points per game. He just needed a new situation. In year six, it's the year we finally saw what Evan Ingram was actually capable of that we all knew.
0: At age twenty-eight, Evan Ingram finally fulfills on his promise. All it, all it took, all it took was six years, five head coaches. Three QBs. <laughs> this is a Kyle Pitts tweet. This we're talking about Pitts. Okay, come on, let's have a little patience. Evan Ingram, T.J. Hawkinson, new phone. Who this? Congratulations. Congratulations. And I think that does oh, it, Sean. You... No, we have one more award. <laughs> we... <laughs> Universal... Oh my gosh, another one. <laughs> we have one more award. It's prestigious because is if you are a fantasy football fiend, you are always looking for the year two tight end. You're always trying to hit on year two. Now it might be year three with Kyle Pitts, right? But the year two tight end is usually where guys play a lot better because rookie tight ends just aren't really used. So this is the rookie tight end that might actually be good in 2023. So sophomore tight end, I guess. Keegan. I think we both had the same person, right? I yeah. Mean, you've talked a lot about I, Trey McBride, but it's it's Chig, it's, right? Chig Okonkwo is the one that I'm most excited about. I
1: just want to go on record. Like I was you and I were talking about this pretty early. I mean doing I was, listening
0: to his early stuff. Dude you were on his mixtape <laughs> stuff.
1: I remember like texting our friends like, Hey, like I've got like a sleeper tied in for you to like just <laughs> get on. <laughs> and, like it was like way too early. Just because I saw like a couple like yards after catch plays by Chig in the game that like he only had one or two catches, I'm like you guys got to get on this dude. And what do you know? Turns out he's actually a freak of nature with the ball in his hands. They just got to get it to him.
0: You you bought his CDs in front of Seven like Eleven. Yeah, yeah. When he was selling Chig. him, I,
1: I bought his game when he was selling it out the trunk. And <laughs> and next year he's gonna be a Best Buy.
0: So. <laughs> We, we talk a little bit about yards per route run as a, as a stat, right? Just just for context, uh, Chigokonquo, 2.61 yards per route run. Absurd. <laughs> like, that is like Justin Jefferson levels of yards per route run. That's more yards per route run than Jamar Chase. It is absurd. Now, again, limited volume. I don't think he knows how to block. They want to run the ball. So, who knows? But if Chigokonquo can get put in that John Smith role, I think he's better than John Smith. And I'm really excited to see Jigakakwo. Honorable mention, Dalton Kincaid. Doesn't even play in the NFL yet. But wow. Go watch his Utah tape. That guy is so fucking good. Dalton Kincaid, you heard it here, folks, on the regression. Honorable
1: mention, uh, Jeremy Ruckert next year when he gets involved with the Jets offense. Just because I didn't say anything about the Jets this episode. I just want in.
0: All you have to do is pick the tight end that's getting a lot of preseason buzz and then fade them because Nathaniel Hackett's gonna hate him. So that that's how you uh that's how you pick. Oh, you just remember Nathaniel Hackett's your offensive coordinator. So oh, that was fun. I have it to
1: is, think about it every day. So
0: all right, Keegan. Um somehow, some way. We promised a short episode and it's still probably gonna be way too long. But that's how we
1: do it. That's how we do and it. But if here. you
0: are here listening still you probably already subscribe you probably already follow us we appreciate you now please go touch some grass hug a loved one we will be back later in the week we're going to be starting our NFL draft prep Keegan and I are real experts here okay we we're watching exciting tape. we are streaming tape ladies and gentlemen we're not going to go too deep on it but we're going to give our thoughts on quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends it's going to be a lot of fun thank you everybody for tuning in you make regression to the mean possible and until next time